Welcome to Oncofarm. I'm your host, John Bazar, coming to you from my office at the supporting uh, sponsor of this Oncology Pharmacy podcast, the Bill Gatton College of Pharmacy here in uh, Mountain Home, Tennessee. And today, uh, right in the middle of October, which is Breast Cancer Awareness Month here in the United States, we're going to talk about uh, breast cancer prevention. And it's an oncology pharmacy podcast, uh, not a, an imaging podcast. So we're not talking about mammograms. We're talking about tamoxifen, specifically the landmark P1 study. Uh, this was published in 1998 in the Journal of the National Cancer Institute. Uh, first author, Bernard Fisher, or if I've heard him called Bernie Fisher, uh, who's pretty darn famous in the history of breast cancer treatment. He's a surgeon. Um, by training whose research has led to doing less surgery, which is notable, um, and uh, really pioneered the work behind using tamoxifen in the best way possible, uh, leading to this. Uh, so I'm going to kind of go through the abstract into some pertinent details, then talk about clinical relevance now. Gosh, this was 98, so 20 years later, uh, here in 2018. So... Um, in the studies of tamoxifen in the adjuvant treatment of breast cancer, so preventing breast cancer from coming back, uh, it was found that, let's say you had a woman that had a, a, breast, a left breast cancer and there was surgery, maybe radiation, then tamoxifen. Um, not only did tamoxifen keep the breast cancer from coming back on the left side, but prevented or decreased the risk of contralateral, contralateral or breast cancer coming back on the right side in women. So uh, this led to the thought, well, it's the tamoxifen is preventing the recurrence of the original breast cancer and then decreasing the risk of occurrence of breast cancer on the other side. So maybe this would work for women who haven't had breast cancer. And that's what led to this study. And in fact, uh, the National Cancer Institute and a whole bunch of other um, uh, governmental organizations put out calls for proposals to develop this study. And the National Surgical Adjuvant Breast and Bowel Project, or NSABP, uh, basically had the best study. So they took, uh, this is the P1 study, they took 13,000 women uh, at a high risk of breast cancer defined as in three ways. One, age above 60, that's it, and female. I assume female, yeah, and female, right? And most women, probably about half women, their only risk for breast cancer is older age and female gender. Uh, so three categories, women above the age of 60, women who are above the age of 35, and I had a five-year risk of breast cancer of 1.6% based on the Gale model, which we'll talk about, or three, a history of lobular carcinoma in situ. And they randomized um, for five years to either standard dose tamoxifen, 20 milligrams a day, or placebo. And uh, they found, obviously, it worked. That's why we're doing the episode. So uh, long story short, although we're going to go longer in the story, uh, cut the risk of breast cancer of invasive breast cancer by 50%. Also cut the risk of non-invasive breast cancer by 50%, uh, which would be a non-invasive breast cancer would be like ductal carcinoma in situ. Uh, there were increases in the risk of endometrial cancer and PE, pulmonary embolism, as well as cataracts. Um, but there's a little bit more to it than that, so so let's dig into it. Uh, so the, you know, the primary objective was can tamoxifen, um, quote, prevent breast cancer, and really prevention, they even say in the article, uh, in quotes, uh, they use it to mean decrease or, or result in a risk reduction, so reduce the risk of breast cancer. So today, this body of literature is sometimes, call, sometimes called chemoprevention, or more commonly, breast cancer risk reduction, and we'll talk about uh, probably why that is 
as we move on. So 13,000 patients, certainly a large, uh, a large study. A whole bunch of exclusion criteria. Notably, I'll point out that women who had a history of DVT or PE were excluded, which is important when we think about offering this to patients who maybe have a history of VT, venous thromboembolic disease um, to offer them breast cancer risk reduction. Uh, the breast cancer risk assessment is based on the Gale model. So remember, you, know, you had to be above 60, had a history of lobular carcinoma in situ, or had to have a 1.66% risk of breast cancer in five years and be uh, less than age 60 but older than age 35. So these are very simple questions. So one, has woman ever had a history of breast cancer? Uh, do they have, uh, what is the patient's age? What is the patient's race, ethnicity? Have you ever had a breast biopsy? Uh, what was the age at your first menstrual period? Have you ever given birth to a child? And at what age was that? So not having a child uh, or having a child at an older age has a higher risk of breast cancer. Then how many first degree relatives do you have that had breast cancer? That's your mother, your sisters, possibly daughters. So very simple questions that could have been asked at the bedside. Could have been asked quite frankly at a community pharmacy. Very simple uh, questions and answers that anybody would have, would have known. Uh, also a diagnosis of atypical hyperplasia on a biopsy, if they'd had a biopsy in the past. So these were really easy questions to do and they were able to uh, accrue almost half their patients in the first year uh, of the study. Uh, one of the things that we'll talk about later on as to why this is not mainstream is, you know, tamoxifen has side effects like hot flashes, muscle aches, joint aches, uh, and for that reason uh, many women do not complete, you know, their adjuvant breast cancer treatment with tamoxifen when they actually have breast cancer. And we're talking about preventing breast cancer. So maybe that's the reason we don't, don't take this as often. Uh, I'll quickly counter that by pointing to the dropout rate here. Um, so the dropout rate was 19.7% for placebo and 23.7% for tamoxifen. So only a difference of 4%. Yes, there were more women who dropped out in the tamoxifen group, but it wasn't double. It was just 4% more. So not, not a real big difference. Um, these were mostly women, mostly in their 40s and 50s. There were some, uh, you know, like about 30% were over the age of 60, but uh, about 66% between the age of 40 and 60. So not, not old women by any means. Uh, these were mostly middle-aged women. Uh, so the risk of invasive breast cancer was actually decreased by 49% relative risk in a non-invasive breast cancer by exactly 50%. Uh, now the numbers are pretty small. So we got 13,300 patients. So you have 6,500 and 6,800 or so in both groups. So the number of, um, of, breast, of invasive breast cancer events, we're talking about 2.6% in placebo versus 1.3% in tamoxifen. So that's invasive breast cancer, lobular carcinoma, uh, oh no, it's invasive breast cancer. So 2.6% versus 1.3%. So there's your 50% decrease. Now that's an absolute risk benefit of 1.3%. So, so, so a small benefit, yes, kind of on par with, uh, with some other anticoagulants. So 1.3% annual or absolute risk benefit. So a small benefit, so 1.3% absolute risk, but 50% relative risk. Um, so anyway, cuts the risk of breast cancer, invasive breast cancer by 50%. Um, now in women who had a Gale score of five or more, or, uh, so a 5% or higher risk of breast cancer, uh, the risk was, uh, or the benefit was, was quite a bit greater. 
uh, as opposed to uh, the placebo group having twice as much breast cancer as tamoxifen. They actually had three times as many invasive breast cancer events compared to tamoxifen. So uh, there did seem to be a, a risk-associated benefit. So the greater the risk of breast cancer, the more tamoxifen was beneficial. Uh, now what type of breast cancer did this prevent? Only hormone receptor positive. There was no difference in the rates of ER uh, estrogen receptor negative breast cancer. Makes sense, tamoxifen being an estrogen receptor antagonist. Now as far as toxicity, uh, we probably know that uh, breast cancer, or not breast cancer, that tamoxifen as a selective estrogen receptor modulator or SERM blocks the effects of estrogen in the breast but actually acts just like um, estrogen in many other tissues such as the bone and the blood and the endometrium and estrogen and the endometrium causes endometrial growth so there was an increased risk of endometrial cancer now statistically this risk was limited just to those over the age of 50. Uh, all of the endometrial cancers that were found were stage one and no one died from endometrial cancer and we will look further at the numbers uh, there were 0.2% of all patients in the placebo group who had endometrial cancer. 0.2% placebo compared to 0.5% with tamoxifen, so an absolute risk increase of 0.3%. Remember, the absolute benefit of preventing invasive breast cancer was 1.3%. So this was a smaller difference. Uh, so still, if you weigh the benefit of preventing breast cancer and the risk a higher risk of endometrial cancer, still the benefits outweigh the risk for tamoxifen here. Uh, they also looked at, uh, you know, the risk of ischemic heart disease. This was back uh, in the era of the Women's Health Study when everyone thought estrogen was great for women. No difference in, in uh, ischemic heart disease events. Uh, the placebo says, or not the placebo, the abstract states that there was a, a decreased number of fractures. And numerically, that is correct, but that was not a statistically significant difference, despite the estrogenic effects of tamoxifen in the bone. There were more thrombo thromboembolic events in the tamoxifen group, although that was only statistically significant uh, for women over the age of 50 with regards to pulmonary embolism. There was no statistically significant difference in women under the age of 50 or for DVT uh, or TIAs uh, or stroke, although trends in all directions uh, favoring placebo, uh, which makes sense given what we know about uh, tamoxifen estrogenic effect in the blood. Uh, the other um, increased risk we saw was a higher risk of, of cataracts in the tamoxifen group, which is not something we often think of with tamoxifen. And I'm just going to point out uh, the instead of doing the absolute rates like I did for the other side effects, I'm talking about rate per 100,000 women. So the rate of cataracts uh, per 100,000 women with placebo was 21.72 compared to 24.82 with tamoxifen. So only a slight risk. Uh, higher risk of cataracts in women taking tamoxifen. That's a 1.14 risk ratio, so about 14% higher risk of cataracts. Um, maybe not as scary as endometrial cancer, although potentially uh, equally uh, impactful on quality of life. And as you might expect from a toxicity standpoint, standpoint there was uh, a greater incidence of hot flashes in the tamoxifen group comp compared to placebo. So, you know, at the end of the day, what we see here is that you would decrease the risk of developing invasive breast cancer by 50% uh, by taking tamoxifen. That's an absolute benefit of 1.3% compared to placebo. There's an absolute risk of 0.3% with regards to endometrial cancer. 
uh, and that's really only in those age 15 above. An absolute risk of PE, again, only in age 15 above, of 0.16%. Of so the benefit outweighs the risk, and the benefit was already small to begin with. So perhaps that's the answer to the question. Why is chemo prevention with tamoxifen or raloxifene, which was subsequently approved um, for the same indication for reducing the risk of breast cancer. Raloxifene also has an indication for osteoporosis. Why is this not done more? Um, and I've, I've alluded to this that it's not common. So I wanna ask a quick question here. How common is chemo prevention? So let's say you took all the women in your country who have a one, who are you know, under the eight, between 35 and up, and have a 1.66% risk of breast cancer, how many of them do you think take tamoxifen or raloxifene to reduce their risk of breast cancer? Let's say A is 0.1%, B is 1%, uh, C is 10%, and 3 is 50%. What do you think it is? Well, it's somewhere between 0.1 and 1%. Everyone pretty much agrees the numbers are less than 1%. I've seen uh, estimates of, of a quarter of a percent so somewhere between 0.25 to 0.5%. So why is it so low? Well, uh, there, are, there are concerns about the, the side effects. Endometrial cancer certainly is scary as a side effect of a drug, uh, even if the absolute risk of that developing that cancer is smaller than the benefit of preventing a different cancer. Uh, there are the hot flashes to be certain in the arthralgias, myalgias, uh, toxicities that uh, are, are really limited in in keeping women to be adherent to tamoxifen for five or, or even longer, up to 10 years in the adjuvant treatment of breast cancer. And we're talking about using it to prevent breast cancer in the first place. Um, and then we're talking about a large group of patients, some of whom have, you know, a, a relatively modest risk of breast cancer, you know, 1.66%. Um, so there are, you know, some of those things that play into why this is not more common. There's also a more practical explanation, I think, and that is which type of physician or prescriber is most likely to recommend this, uh, a drug to prevent the risk of breast cancer? Well, probably an oncologist. Oncologists typically don't see patients uh, to talk about preventing cancer. They see them after there's already a diagnosis. And so general practitioners or primary care providers may not be as comfortable having these discussions or may not be as much on their radar. And I'm sure there are exceptions out there uh, to be sure, but maybe that is is one of the, uh, the issues as well. There has been no, um, it's not been shown that chemo prevention uh, has an overall survival benefit with regards to breast cancer, which has been shown uh, with mammography screen, although very modest, talking about screening 10,000 women to save one life. Um, so we've not seen that with drugs. But part of me thinks that if this was not a prescription drug, but an herbal or dietary supplement, that patients would be much more on board with taking it to try and prevent or reduce their risk of breast cancer. But that, to be honest, is just an opinion that I've developed over the years. So that's the P1 study, landmark study, that we have drugs to prevent uh, breast cancer, and, and that's great. Wish uh, it was something that was more commonly um, uh, prescribed uh, for our patients, because I think that many would benefit, especially those with a very high gale risk. Um, and uh, thanks for listening. I hope to see you all a little further. You know what, before I do that, find us on iTunes. Uh, give us a five-star rating, review us, follow me on Twitter at FarmDeetNib, follow the podcast at OncoFarmPod, and I hope to see you all a 
little further down the road. Thank you.